You're listening to the Encouragement Podcast by Shepherd's Fold Ministries, meant to encourage and build up all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My name is Brent Van Hook, and you're listening now to part B of my interview with Dr. Jim Dunn. Why should ministers keep going and not give up? Yeah, so I'm going to tell you a story that comes out of my um, legacy a little bit. And I remember my grandfather telling me this. And so the time frame was World War II. Okay. Uh, The Depression was in high gear and uh, people were receiving rations for things like gasoline. They had coupons. They... They had rations for shoes, they had rations for food, and um, one of the jobs that the government actually protected, and you you actually received extra rations for, tires on your car, gasoline, food, uh, clothing, you had to have these coupons. You think about control today, you had to have a coupon to have the right to buy gasoline. Right. Then to have a coupon, or call them rations, to be able to... Uh, purchase tires for your car, whether you needed them or not, you had to have it. And so anyway, a lot of the materials and a lot of the resources of our country were being shipped overseas to fight the war. Uh One of the things they did was they gave extra coupons, extra rations, if you will, to clergy. And my grandfather was a pastor in the holiness tradition. And uh, interestingly enough, He told me that this would be way outside of his tradition, right? So there's nothing that that should spark any any fires today, but this would have been a pretty radical thing. He told me, he said, you know, I'm I'm not Roman Catholic, but it was a day when I wished I had permission in my tradition to wear a clergy collar, a clerical collar. Mm -hmm. And I, I was fascinated by that. And, you know, because we get, get certain brands, you know, and certain, certain stereotypes and, you know, who gets to wear a clergy collar. And, and today, a lot of people are like, I don't even want to be known as a pastor. I don't want anybody confronting me. And, you know, if you get down into the depths of it, there are a lot of, a lot of people that, you know, they don't lead the conversation that way, partially because people stop listening. But back in the day, the clergy job was to go around and encourage people. Oh, and they gave extra rations for that. Extra rations so they could get out and encourage people during wartime. Wow. Wow. I personally, Brent, I think it's the same theory today in a different war, in a different battle. <laughs> and, and God has provided the rations, if you will, and wants us to be an encouragement, a dealer of hope. I, I know that you want to go out and preach to the multitudes. I know that you want to see the altars line, if that's in your tradition. I know you want people turning their lives around and saving marriages. And But I'm telling you, even, even having traveled in parts of the world, what people need the most today is, is encouragement and hope. And that's why you should keep going. And we need it. In this war where everything is up for grabs, we need the hope of Jesus Christ and his truth and the fact that he loves us and he gave his life for us and wants the best for us and, and that we're not living for down here. Heaven, heaven is our home. This world, 
the old gospel writer said, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid out way beyond the blue. I, I know you want things to go well here, but, you know, we've, we've been reminded maybe, maybe it's a wake-up call. Jesus said, they hate me, they're going to hate you. Uh, I don't think we need to go into every conversation that way and have that kind of, you know, that kind of expectation. But um, man, do people need hope and a little bit of encouragement sure goes a long way. Uh, oh, I believe you know, that. there's, and that's the Proverbs too, right? We're supposed to, you know, give words of, of gold and aptly chosen words uh, are landing on good ears. And um, what a, what a tremendous benefit. And we have hope and we, sh of all the people, we should be experts at hope and, that should be the message, even when we might be discouraged that nobody's listening. Um, you got to keep going and offering hope and encouragement. And so instead of trying to fix everybody, um, think about encouraging them first. Even if somebody that doesn't even get close to believing what you believe or living like you uh, might live or think that they may need to live, um, coming alongside of them, being a friend to them seems to be the incarnational Christ, in my view. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Wonderful. Hey, um, in a few moments, we'll close the podcast. But before we do, Fielder's Choice, is there a, uh, is there a word of encouragement that you'd like to share with listeners today? It would. It, it's actually reflecting on a conversation I had with the pastor recently. So, you know, they're trying to figure out what they do post COVID-19. They were talking more about leading and, you know, reopening and what, what has changed and what will be ahead. And, and, and in a candid conversation as a friend, listening to a friend that just simply admitted to me, Jim, I don't, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what to do. We had to scramble all of our eggs this last year. And, you know, should we do online? Should we do on ground? Are people going to be red light, yellow light, green light coming back to church? What, what kinds of things, you know, do I need to be considering? And, and I, I felt compelled and I'll, I'll do it with your uh, audience here today. Could I encourage you to re-embrace your calling? Just, just get back into some basics, you know, for, for him and his church. What, what's your vision, right? I mean, did COVID-19 destroy your vision? If, if it did, your vision wasn't big enough. It wasn't strong enough. Um, it might have derailed it for a while and got you off of vision. I would argue probably got you more off of mission of what you are called to do. You just had to do it differently and adapt things and pivot all those words that we learned this year. And it's, it's something, though, that what were you called to do in the first place? Who were you called to be? And realizing for yourself that God loves you and has equipped you and gifted you and graced you and that you have the awesome privilege that same grandfather used to tell me Jim it's it's the greatest profession in the world to be called into ministry and just to re-embrace that today and to sense the leadership of the heavenly father calling you by name giving you the right to be the son or daughter of God and and realizing that he has equipped you and called you and continues to help you to mature and to be that message of hope 
Um, I really wonder sometimes if we need to just kind of back up the train a little bit and um, remember, what was that like? Where were you at? Who were the, the main players in that scene when you were called into ministry? I was uh, experienced that calling when I was 12, and I know exactly where I was at. I knew who I was seated by. Um, I couldn't tell you who was preaching. That may not be an encouragement to all the pastors on here today, but, <laughs> but uh, I can tell you what God did in my life. And I knew that he called me at 12. People have asked me this, like, how did you know that? Don't ask me. I knew it. I knew I was supposed to be a proclaimer of God's word. I knew I was supposed to work with youth at some level at some time. And I knew I was supposed to encourage pastors. And every place I've been, God has fulfilled that calling. And he's still doing it today. And I embrace that. I, I want to get reacquainted with the calling all the time, you know, because Monday comes, we talk about Sunday coming <laughs> and we've got to be prepared. Boy, oh boy, does Monday ever come too. And we want to quit and we want to give up and we want to, want to shake the dust off and, you know, we proclaim the old Testament scriptures, you know, behold, I leave unto you a desolate house. A desolate <laughs> thing, you know? I'm done. My hands are you know, I'm done with this. And, yeah, yeah. and everybody has those moments and man has the pandemic rocked our world and we don't know what it's going to be like. And, Will people come back and, and knowing that some won't and, and they're using it as a convenience and I don't know how to do online very well. And boy, it just kind of gangs up on you. What were you called to do? Who were you called to be? And re-embracing that, whatever the location, whatever the station, whatever the title, mm -hmm. um, to realize that great calling on your life. That may sound too simplistic, but I... I think it's a day for fundamentals and yes. when everything else is up in the air. Um, what are those basic things that uh, motivated me to begin with? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for your insights today. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Remember you can learn more about us at shepherdsfoldministries.com. Once again, Jim Dunn, thank you for being our special guest today. My pleasure. Thank you, Brent, and God bless your ministry. Amen. Thank you.